Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. COVID has switched my attention to big league games this year, but players develop at that level as well until they no longer do. If you have questions about the Cubs pipeline, the about player development, anything along those lines, fire away on my contest line or at Tim815 on Twitter or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode. Davis joins the top 100 and asked me questions if I was confusing. We spend our time where it's valued, and I don't wish to waste yours. This will be a short podcast. Normally, I pack a lot of thought into these. In fact, I tried to pack a lot of thought into these, I got a bit of a ways into it, and this is horrible. This is terrible. So I don't do a whole lot of small-level editing, but when I don't like where a podcast is going, I shut it down. This morning, I was checking through my Twitter, checking Facebook, checking Major League Baseball trade rumors, checking the standings, figuring out the magic number again. And when I was checking Twitter again, I noticed something from Baseball America that they tried to sneak by me, but they couldn't. Nico Horner is no longer on the Baseball America Top 100 prospect list because he's used up his eligibility. Nico Horner is no longer considered a prospect by Baseball America. With Horner being removed, someone else was added, and that someone else is Brennan Davis. Davis is now a member of the Baseball America Top 100 prospect list, and that's cool beans. Very cool beans. When he was called up to South Bend, Last May, my hope was that he would just not be terrible. And it turned out that he was better than the league. As long as he stayed healthy, he was better than the league. And most of the time he was there, he was healthy. He missed some time after bunting once in practice, I think. Over the course of like three or four days, he got hit in the hand three different times. It's absolutely horrible. But he survived, he had a very good season, and if baseball were normal this year, which it's not, he'd be in advanced A or double A, getting better against players that are about his level. And if he proved that he was better than the players at that level, over 100, 150 at-bats, then they'd move him up. And they'd keep moving him up if he kept being better than players. That he is in the top 100 gives him a degree of respect. And come Mesa in February, in March, Brennan Davis this cycle around should get 
a non-roster invite to spring training. Last year, he didn't. Some people were surprised. I might have been surprised. I can't remember if I thought he should or not. But with the non-roster invitees, normally the team is interested in having a whole bunch of players who are about ready to play in major league games. As far as the Cubs camp last time around, most of the players were ready to play in major league games, even if that meant they had a couple of outfielders that were older and were questioned. I'll use Ian Miller for an example. He played last year for Minnesota. Minnesota let go of him, and the Cubs brought him into camp. And it was a non-roster invite. The Cubs decided they'd prefer to bring in a player like Ian Miller, who was experienced, MLB-ready, and because the Cubs offered him a non-roster invite, he was interested in joining. If the Cubs were to, to have said, well, Ian Miller, you're kind of interesting to us. We'd kind of like to have you in our camp, but we're going to make you go practice with the minor league players all the time. We're not going to let you practice with the major league club when you go practice in a, uh, when you go play in a spring training game, most of the time it will be on the backfields. If that would have been the case with Ian Miller, Ian Miller would have probably said, thanks, but no thanks, I'm going to go play in spring training with a team that values me. So the Cubs brought in players like Carlos Asuaje and Ian Miller and a whole bunch of names that I'm not even going to bother trying to recount right now. And those players, since they had a chance to play regularly in spring training, had a chance to make a positive or negative impression on the major league coaches. Brennan Davis was not invited to spring training. One could argue it was Ian Miller instead of Brennan Davis. Now, if Brennan Davis would have been in spring training, the major league coaches would have had more of an attachment to him. As it was, Davis played, I don't know, probably about six or eight games, and usually when he'd play, he'd come in in the fifth inning or sixth inning after the regulars left, and he'd go out and do what he did, but he wasn't getting the amount of at-bats that Ian Miller was. So Miller made more of a name against, made more of a name with the coaches, had more games against major league talent. And if you're prepping to be ready to play in a major league game in the regular season, when wins and losses matter, it's best to play against major league competition. I can't accurately enough emphasize how much I enjoy that you are listening to my podcasts 
as soon as I'm making them. If there's a friend of yours that's a Cubs fan that you think might have an interest in a different way of looking at Cubs games, player development, shoot them a link so that they can listen to a podcast. Maybe they'll enjoy it. Maybe they won't. I had somebody say they were listening to one of my podcasts. It is kind of dopey. I'm not surprised because it probably was dopey. Um, but I appreciate that you guys are listening and continue listening. And I that encourages me to keep doing podcasts. If you hear one you enjoy, pass, pass the link off to a friend and hopefully they'll listen and they'll enjoy it. Anchor also, enjoy, also permits sponsorships for podcasts. If you're interested in that premise, look into that. And one of these times, I want to have a guest host. Somebody who says, hey, I have an opinion on whatever. Well, let's have, let's have a... I, I would be more than happy to have someone join me as a co-host on an episode of Pre-Arb Excellence. Either way, whether you're interested in co-hosting, whether you're interested in um, sponsor, uh, in sponsoring a, an episode, whether you're interested in sharing with somebody else, I just dig that you're listening. So, Brennan Davis, I really should look this up for a next podcast. But when he played in... Major League Spring Training Games. He was playing in the seventh inning, in the eighth inning, against players who were similarly down the line. They were not the regulars. They were not the guys who you're going to find in a starting lineup. They're not, they were not the guys you're going to find as the primary fill-ins when a regular gets injured. These were the guys. He was playing against guys who were Double A, triple A type of players, maybe even lo lower than that. And this is kind of hard to admit, he wasn't shredding against them either. He was, you know, he'd pop out, fly to right, work a count, hit a grounder to third, get a single, strike. But he wasn't shredding. You know what shredding is, you know, kind of like what, uh, Jose Abreu did over the weekend. If Brennan Davis had been shredding in his opportunities in Mesa, if Brennan Davis had been shredding in his opportunities against teams in the three games that the Cubs were allowed to play to get ready for the, the opening of the 2020 season, if he would have been shredding in those instances, then it would have made a whole lot of sense to think, you know what, this guy might actually be ready now. That wasn't happening. And it's not a small sample size thing. Small sample size is about if you have 100 different options and you reach in and you pull out a 47. What's a 47? Maybe a 47 is a double. Maybe it's a fly ball to right field. Maybe it's a strikeout. Maybe it's a walk. But you have 100 different options, and you reach in and you pull out one, and then another, 
and then another. There's really no reason to think that those three independent things that you pulled out are a relative sample size of what would happen if a player is given 100 opportunities. That is what you see when you see a player get regular playing time. For instance, in Mesa, when Ian Miller got regular playing time, which he did, Miller almost every day was either starting or coming in in the fifth inning. He was doing that almost every day. And regardless which was his assignment, if he was starting, he represented and looked like he belonged. If he came in off the bench, he represented and looked like he belonged. When he got on base, if the other team didn't mind their specifics, he'd steal second base. Ian Miller was ready in part because he knew last year he had major league experience, so he knew what the entire deal was about. And he also knew if he represented well in spring training, he might get a valid major league look in 2020. He's now gotten that. So the next goal with Ian Miller is to represent so that the Cubs in the offseason decide we're keeping this guy. Because the Cubs are going to have two options with Ian Miller. One is, yeah, we're going to keep this guy. We're going to keep this guy. He's going to get a contract for 2021, basically league minimum, because he still doesn't have or he still won't have one year of major league service, so they will be able to keep him around at league minimum. He will still have at least one option season remaining. So when they send him out to spring training, if he doesn't uh, guarantee his, uh, force his way onto the team, then they can send him back down to Iowa. Presumably there will be major, a minor league ball next year. I don't know how it works next year if they don't. But um, with Miller... He knew what he was up against, and he was ready for it, and he represented quite well in spring training. Brennan Davis, there wasn't that pressure. There wasn't that emphasis by the Cubs because his expectation was he's going to be at A-ball. He's going to be in Myrtle Beach. He's going to play every day in Myrtle Beach, and his preparation in spring training 2020 was Let's, for a couple of games, get him to the Major League game so he can get a couple of looks against some players and understand that baseball at the next level is about the same, but a lot quicker. About the same, but a lot tougher. And Davis was not as good in Major League games in March or in, what was it, July, as Ian Miller was. Ian Miller right now is a better player 
than Brennan Davis. In four or five years, that might not be the case. For the rest of the year, as far as from a fandom perspective, you're certainly allowed to cheer for every player on the Cubs or whichever ones you want. You're certainly allowed to do that from a fan perspective. However, from a organizational development standpoint, which is how I look at things very analytically, from an organizational developmental perspective, Ian Miller right now is a better major league player than Brendan Davis. There's no evidence anywhere that Brennan Davis is more prepared over a 25-at-bat stretch to produce better for the Chicago Cubs than Ian Miller will in 2020. No evidence anywhere. Could it happen? Sure. Accidents happen. Surprises happen. But I would rather the Cubs analytically look at things and assess based on available information. And available information probably said at the alternate training site, Ian Miller was hitting Corey Abbott better than Brennan Davis was hitting Corey Abbott. That's the information that should be being used to determine who gets the next look. The few hitters that the Cubs have at the alternate training site, some of them are getting swings regularly at Kelvin Herrera or Cody Allen or Danny Holtson. Which of the players in the alternate training site were probably looking better against Cody Allen which guys were probably performing better against the guys who have major league pedigree? Do you think it was players like Ian Miller or possibly Ryan Lemaire, who also has major league experience, even though Cubs fans aren't as familiar with him? Or do you think it was Christopher Morrell? Boy, I dig Christopher Morrell for long term. I really dig him for long term. But it's not about 2022 when you're trying to decide who should get a look in 2020. The players, a decent chunk of the players in the alternate training site, they are there because they need to get better. The players that aren't at the alternate training site aren't getting that opportunity. And it's very unfortunate that Owners, major league owners, haven't kicked the number up for the player pool from 60 to 75 or 80 or 83. More players would be able to be getting better. The product in the near future would be better. Brennan Davis is in the top 100 now. That's a good thing. When it's his time he'll probably be really close to ready. 
2020 is not his time yet. Very few players walk in and immediately lay waste to the major league pitchers. Maybe that'll happen with Brennan Davis. But there's no reason to expect Brennan Davis to do better in 2020 than Ian Miller will, than Albert Almora does, than Steven Souza has. There's no evidence to indicate that that is a likely result. Potential result? Yeah. But if you're trying to develop things for the future, you should probably be, what is the thing that's 75, 80% likely to happen? Lean on that instead of the, wow, it would be really nice if that thing that happens maybe 5, 10% of the time. Ian Miller is better than Brennan Davis. Albert Almora is right now better than Brennan Davis. Steven Souza, if healthy, is better than Brennan Davis. And unless there is evidence that Brennan Davis would hit league average or better, there's no point in calling him up. There's absolutely no point in calling him up. Let him get better at the alternate training site. Let him bat against Braylon Marquez. Let him bat against Corey Abbott. Let him bat against Edward Alzale until Alzale joins the bullpen. That's the logical thing to do. Being whimsical is really fun when you're out on a date, when you're trying to get your children to be happy. But as far as making business decisions on which player to call up next to help a team win a game, it makes a lot more sense to what is likely to happen. Ian Miller is better than Brendan Davis. Ian Miller is better than Brendan Davis. In two years, people will say, well, no, he was never better than Brendan. Yes, he, yes, he is. Ian Miller is better than Brendan Davis. Brendan Davis soon, if he continues to get better, will be better than Ian Miller because players develop as they get chances. I'm happy that Davis replaced Horner on the prospect list. I wish more prospects were allowed to be performing, developing, and getting better in South Bend. Owners, get a clue. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll try to post another podcast as circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to make the next one worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs go. Be nice to people.